Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day, good life, and I hope everything is going well for you. This is the Material Podcast. This is episode, my gosh, we are on episode number 139, and it's it's been 139 episodes. It's been 139 shows of googly googliness, including, well, let's first introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Florence Lyon. Hello, I am Andy Yanatko. And I'm Russell Ivanovich. It really does feel like 139 episodes. Sometimes I can just feel like like that spot between your shoulders, kind of up into your neck. That's where I feel the 139 episodes. That's been there for like eight years. Ah. <laughs> so. I'm just doing the I mean, math. Perhaps- eight years, 139 <laughs> episodes. This is a now a six-weekly podcast. Is that right? You know... If it were, I would worry that I, well, I'm not sure. Well, I can imagine that we would have a six hour long podcast if we could. I see. I hear that as a challenge. Oh, uh, no, no, not oh, a challenge. No, 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 no. <laughs> not a I'm just challenge. going to have to watch Olympic ice dancing another night because I'm going to be at this microphone for six hours. Um, Speaking of ice dancing, can I tell you something that made ice dancing just absolutely wonderful for me last uh, weekend as I watched Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer secure the gold for Canada (laughs) with their illustrious, sexy dance sequence that just had everybody wondering, are they making out behind it all? Was that the one where it had that it there was that move that they had to they yes, felt like they had yes, to modify yes. because it was way as a little bit too dirty dancing for in terms of a, one body part being pressed against another body part that is I'm fine when you're charging people $125 a ticket for the PM like <laughs> ice show but not for Olympic I don't know. Russell are the Australians even like watching the Olympics? Oh. <laughs> I shouldn't say we aren't. It's not really winter Olympics obviously is really hard here because you have to go up to like a really, really tall mountain before you get any sort of snow. And even then you have to be in the right state of Australia. Like I believe in South Australia there is literally nowhere you can find snow. I don't know if someone can correct me on that. I don't I don't think there is. Um, but we do have. Do you guys know about Stephen Bradbury? Have I told you the Stephen Bradbury story? Mm. No. This is, this is the moment Australia actually became interested in Winter Olympics because like every country you have a few competitors that want to compete, right? They want to become ice skaters or bobsledders, you know, oh. just, just like the movie. So anyway, Stephen Bradbury, he's a speed skater. Um, I don't want to say he's not very good because let's face it, to be a speed skater and get into the Olympics, you have to be at some level that's way above my level. But anyway, he won a gold medal in the uh, speed skating and you might think that oh, my goodness, he's such a natural talent, you know, he's so athletic, he's so fast, he must have outpaced everybody. No, in the finals he was right at the back and he was probably a good 10 or 20 metres behind the, you know, the competitors. And what happened is like some dominoes, one by one they all fell over and hit each other and then Stephen Bradbury a few seconds later, like the camera actually had to pan to where he was, he <laughs> skates over the finish line and finishes first and that's the moment when Australia became interested in ice skating. We're like, we won a gold medal. We're good at this. We're now going to watch I th- this. I think I, I think I remember that. That, wasn't, that was <laughs> like last Olympics or the previous one? 
Was, uh, wasn't this I reckon one. it was at least two Olympics ago. Yeah, yeah. That that I remember that because it remember, it it made me think about how awesome these they're, they're now in the Winter Olympics. A whole bunch of okay, you're, all you gonna guys, you're gonna line up at the starting line, and then you're just gonna go like maniacs until at the end, and whatever happens happens. I, I and that's what got me realize how interested I am in these kind of sports because I like that idea where yes, it was somebody who maybe didn't have the muscular fortitude to be at the very to be at the ins, the uh, the the places where you commute to work on skates that are developing natural athletes and that if you don't have that sort of fortitudinous uh, ability it's the fact that you didn't you managed to keep the skates on the ice and your body upright is if you don't do that, you don't win. And if you doesn't matter how it happens, so long as you so long as you kept upright. Uh, and I like the idea of that becoming part of tactics rather rather than we're going to skate like hell until we get to the finish line. Which, frankly, for me, is what makes the summer track and field events so boring. It's like, oh wow, it was uh, that wow? It was he he really he really ran away with this one. He he won he won by a whole point oh oh four seconds, beating <laughs> the previous one by point oh. It's like uh, if I if I need microns to figure out who won, I like the idea of them thinking, what if instead. Instead of going like a maniac, I just made sure I finish and then look for it. Look for an opportunity to get ahead of people. I, I like the idea of tactics, while also look liking the idea of a whole huge pileup breaking a whole lot of people's dreams. People who work harder at something than I've ever worked in my life. That's a certain. There's a certain satisfaction. Uh, if, that. if you want to feel your dreams broken, Andy, I just looked this up. This was back in 2002 which by my recollection is 16 years ago. How old am I? What year is this? What is, we should move topics because that's that's really depressing because I, I literally remember watching that on TV and that was 16 years ago. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So actually, good segue to yes, bring this back well. around, uh, watching this on TV. So funny you should say that. I think 16 years ago is the last time I watched the Winter Olympics live on TV. The thing is... Wait, bangs or no bangs? Just to, to flash back to a previous show. Uh, I had bangs. Actually, that was 2002. I did have bangs. I was a sophomore in high school. I did have bangs. Um, those were in at that time. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> as life moved on, I kind of forgot about the Olympics because for a better part of that, this, this life, this, this part of life that I've lived thus far, I have not actually had access to like constant cable television because <laughs> that's not something I was going to pay for as a college student. That was not something I was going to pay for with the money I was making for a while <laughs> after college. Um, it was not a necessity for me. But now, you know, thankfully things are a little more comfortable and I'm paying for YouTube TV, which is a cool 35 bucks a month. By the way, they're raising it to 40 bucks a month because they've added more channels. So they've added... Um, uh, sorry, Russell, you will not understand this, but they've added TBS, which is the show TBS. that... TBS, uh, now let me guess, the broadcasting system. Oh, I love the broadcasting system. I have no idea, TBS. but I will tell Turner you that Broadcasting that's... Broadcasting System. Ah. Turner, oh, there Turner, we go. The, Turner. The, the super station. Come <laughs> yes. on. Wait, yes. wait a second. So in America, you can pay $40 a month for YouTube TV and that gets you some cable TV? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm so yes. lost right now. Do I Over, want to go down this rabbit hole? I don't well, know. Let, well, yes, we are going to go down it because this is how I've been watching the Olympics. I have not had live TV for about 
uh, about a decade. I didn't have live TV on me. Uh, you know, a lot of the ways that I watched TV was when it got to Netflix or, you know, other more nefarious ways uh, that were shared around the college campus. So now that I am a full-blown adult, <laughs> I can afford cable. I would actually You mean this isn't the, the one Netflix password the entire campus uses? What's going on? No, no, no. This is uh, this is the full blown Olympics. So, by the way, not only have I been watching it live on NBC, I've also been. There's also an Olympics channel that they have. So, like, they show the recaps throughout of the games that you might have missed at night. So, I've been fully enthralled in the Winter Olympics this year. This is the first time in a long time I've been enthralled in any Olympics. I, for the past couple of years, have secured, you know, I've watched like the YouTube of the opening ceremony just to kind of like be with it, but never the games. But now I'm like back into it. I'm watching the skating. I'm watching the skiing. I'm watching the snowboarding. I'm even watching whoever those people are going in circles around the ice track. Like I am <laughs> even watching curling. Yes. I even watched curling the women's is the curling. Best. It, it's one it of those things you sit, you sit down and you watch it, right? Yeah. You sit down and for the first five minutes, you're like, this is stupid. They're just banging these things. And then five minutes later, you're like, oh my goodness, this, do you just describe it? Oh no, what are you doing? And then by the 30th minute, you're into the tactics and everything. You're like, oh, had she just done this? And then, oh, you could have like, oh, sweep, yeah, sweep. oh, oh no. Jesus. It's it's yeah. such an enthralling exactly. sport. I think out of all of the Winter Olympic sport, that's got to be because it's the so difficult. Yeah. Uh, just as difficult as it was for such a long time to get live television. Now <laughs> I realize I kind of <laughs> threw you guys for a loop because on our little doc we had said I talk about the fact oh. that I now have a Google Home Max in my house. Well, uh, what a better way to watch the Olympics or stream them than through the Google Home Max? Wait, you can do uh, that. We, How do you do that? We've all we've all enjoyed this journey. Uh. Yeah, you can if you do it from the browser window. So you cast, so if you, stream, you can cast the audio I to the I stream TV. I can I can through Google Chrome. I can cast the TV dot YouTube com tab. Uh, I can cast just the sound to the Max behind me and still and watch the video. I'm like watching. Yeah. So and like and on the other side of the wall, there's a hole, and that's where my sink is. And so I can like watch TV while I have like the sound blazing in the kitchen as I'm like doing washing dishes and cleaning. So this is how I've been watching the Olympics, and I'm just bringing it back around to all this stuff that has been made possible in some way because of a Google product. Like the way it just sort of all like seamlessly came together. It's that the YouTube TV with the Google partnerships and the fact that they brought on all these like major broadcasting companies. And yes, by the way, Russell, it is cable TV. I thought you guys had it in Australia. We, we have reason, Foxtel, guess- which is a cable TV, but the difference is here... You you generally buy that if you're trying to get American TV shows or some oh. live sport. Like I believe I'm gonna, I'm really out of my depth here, but possibly things like Formula One and some. I think AFL games used to be there. Australian football. This just in: know, Australians but, are into Formula One. <laughs> but the, the really weird part is in Australia, our national culture is all about sport. Like any sport that we can win at, we're suddenly super interested in, and we're just obsessed <laughs> for it. And that tends to be on free to air. So the That's Olympics fair. is on free to air. Like anything that we can win, the Commonwealth Games is on free to air. Like the, you probably don't even know what the Commonwealth Games is because you guys aren't part of the Commonwealth. Yeah, take that, take that. Um, and yeah, uh, so, so I'm sport part of here the Commonwealth is, of Massachusetts, young man. <laughs> wrong. Wrong, wrong the commonwealth, best commonwealth there That's is. the wrong commonwealth. As your queen, this is how I talk, I'm telling you now that we should probably move to the next topic. But first, first flow, I must know, what is the Google Home Max like? How, what's your quick review of it? Sorry, sorry, British uh, people, that's a terrible accent. It is, it is really, well, 
it, I wanted to comment all that content stuff because I have to say, uh, having people over the other day with the Google Home Max and a home group. Okay. Apparently I turned like my little townhouse in the suburbs into like a two level club. Like you could go upstairs and <laughs> Wait, the music you got is tons still of lights and stuff as well with the lights flashing. Like what was going yes. on? Yes. Well, and I have this huge bloom behind me and you can put like a little disco mode on it with like a third party app so you can have it sync. Entrance fee. Well, and I have a Google Home Mini upstairs that plays music as well as two Google Homes downstairs. And this Max is incredible. So when I when I opened it and put it together, it was Friday afternoon, and um, I probably shouldn't cop to this out loud because there's probably an editor somewhere listening. But you know, I <laughs> I got distracted because I just wanted to listen to music. <laughs> the bass is really good. It's like. For this room, which uh, is a weird room because there is – it's, like, very vaulted. And anyway, it's not really a room for listening to music in. But that thing makes it so. Like, the home max makes it that I want to listen to it. So what I did for the rest of Friday afternoon is I just I just decided to take my photos that afternoon and put on music and just turn it into like a little like photo studio sesh, except the model (laughs) was whatever I'm reviewing at the moment, not (laughs) some cool chick. Uh, (laughs) Just, but that's, that's kind of the deal with it. Um, You know, and I have to remark on the fact that compared to every other device of this category on the market, it looks very boomboxy. Like it actually kind of has a nostalgic feel to it. It reminds me, it harkens so much back to the day of this Casio boombox that my dad had that lived in the garage. That was like his work, his work boombox, you know? Um, And for some reason it just brings me back to that. And the way that it kind of just like the way it sits and it kind of like looks up at you, like it's sort of framed upward in a way. Like Which I don't know how to explain it. Begs the question, Flo. Have Have you put it on your shoulder and have you walked around your house with it, like on you know on your shoulder doing that? It is heavy. I am not like <laughs> it is. It feels like a very um, uh, a very sensitive machine. Like I yeah. don't. I don't want to move it around uh, if unless I have to. And also, by the way, it comes with a little silicone pad. That's removable. So like you put – it's like a little coaster. You put the little pad down and then you put it on top and it doesn't like slip around or anything. It just stays nice over there and then you could just like put the little plants around it like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it, I'm really into it. So the I, I this is the first question I ask everybody who's had a chance to have one in the house. When you plugged it in, did it first and did it first – did it really impress you as to this is so much better than – so much, so much, so much better sound than I've been experiencing in the past with sound bars with the, with everything I've been using previously. Like, did, was it glaringly noticeable, or was it like, oh, that's a nice speaker? It was. Oh, that's a really nice speaker mm. because it's not supposed to be. Oh, this <laughs> I don't want to like sound, you know, but it's Blase. not supposed. It's supposed to be really subtle. Well, I don't want to sound like, you know, I don't want to sound like, oh God, it's this amazing thing. And it's supposed to be this, but it is supposed to be this very like subtle thing where it's not supposed to, my understanding is it's not supposed to sound obviously like different. It's just supposed to sound really good and make you feel like, you know what? I'm glad I spent 400 bucks on this thing. Um, Also, 
the idea is to string two of these together and make like a little stereo home situation going on. So that's why the rectangular shape also works because then when you set it uh, vertically, which again, you would do in that little silicone pad, you could you could do, do that on either side of the TV, for instance, and like hook it up with auxiliary cables or a home group, perhaps if you have a Chromecast audio or or I guess you could do that with a regular Chromecast TV too. I'm not sure. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how more I can like integrate it with all the stuff, with all the other uh, entertainment stuff that I have around the house. Because I feel, you know, just podcasting and music is like. Yeah, because it's cool. not, it's 400 bucks is not, it's afford, it's affordable for the, a next step up from whatever yeah. team speaker you're using right now. But it's still, that's not that affordable. I lo- uh, one of the things that I'm just sort of instinctively appreciative about the design of that speaker is that uh, you feel, I feel as though there's a bigger chance that I'm going to be using that five years from now somewhere than uh, than the Apple HomePod, uh, particularly if they don't really bring their A game in adding features to it. Like I, uh, I've it sounds like I'm joking, but like in my office right now there is a, an Apple, uh, there is an Apple uh, iPod Hi-Fi uh, actually on the top of a cabinet. This is the speaker that they introduced a couple years after they introduced the iPod. It was this white. That rounded rectangle yeah really uh, uh speaker with a built-in uh, ipod dock on it and a it's still a very very good speaker i'm surprised i'm actually I, I was sort of joking when i hauled it out to test it next to some of these three and four hundred dollar speakers i'm getting into the office but it's like it's still really good it's not a bad speaker and the fact that uh a it always offered in addition to the the old-fashioned now ipod dock that absolutely no iphone has anymore uh, it does have like a analog like audio in so i could always just use it as a, a wired mm-hmm. speaker but also there were a bunch of people who came up with uh actual bluetooth dongles with the old-fashioned ipod uh, uh dock connector onto it so i can just pop this little like yeah looks like, <laughs> looks like a looks like a little matchbox just snug it on there it gets the power from the jack and now i can find it as a bluetooth speaker so this thing that i might have paid three or four hundred dollars for like 10 years ago it's still a good speaker so if i'm it was. It used to be like my workshop speaker, or it used to be the thing that I would uh, that I would haul around if I needed port temporary audio someplace. And I'm not 100 percent sure that I would can be able to find a place to continue to use the uh, the Apple uh, HomePod in that way because I there was a time where I could never have predicted that I was going to sw- switch from the iPhone to Android, but then I did. And so it was really good that I had a really nice speaker that didn't require that I have a, an iPhone in order to make it work. So that's it's, it's a factor. I, I, I think that they're both really good speakers. I, I've listened to them both. Um, I think they're very nice. But I'm little at this point, I'm more impressed with the Google Home Max than I am with the HomePod. Well, also because of Assistant, because I'm not going to get the same functionality. You're not going to get the same functionality out of Siri that you're going to get out of Google Assistant. And with the Sonos One, you're going to get a different kind of functionality with uh, with Amazon on the Echo speakers. Actually, the the Assistant is coming to uh, coming to the Sonos, isn't it? Later this year. Yeah, it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah, later on. But for now, if you're now, in this exactly. moment, you want to go to Amazon and see what's what's going on at Amazon.com. You would have to go to store.google.com to buy the Max, by the way. Um, <laughs> if you you're can in see America. what's going on there. 
just throwing yes, that out sorry. there. I'm not, I'm not bitter <laughs> or anything that I can't buy this thing in Australia. I can't even get a Sonos with the Amazon person in it. And I don't know when we're getting the assistant, probably in like 2025 or something. Like, yeah, it's it's fun living out here. But we can buy the HomePod. So thanks, Apple, I guess. <laughs> if you had to put a headphone jack well, on it, it might have been a little bit more useful. But that's, whatever. You know, that's a fair thing, actually, um, to note that. I worry about people knowing about the Home Max because it's not like it's not a worldwide. Re- it's not like this big global thing. It's just like this small little insular. Hey, by the way, after the Pixel Two event, we also mentioned that we were going to announce this, that we were making <laughs> this, even though there's like all this, all this work that went into building this device and went to researching this device and tuning this machine learning to use the six microphones that it has on it to like learn the room that it's in. Um, there's a lot of technology behind it that I'm trying to like uncover. I will be talking more about it. It's yeah. <laughs> it's just the beginning of my relationship with it. Uh, yeah. And by uh, the way, this is a workshop stereo. This is something you put in the garage. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I like your view. And the, I, I think that the, the, the more I work with this, this stuff, the more I start to think that all the reviews that came out in the first week are probably the least value. That even the people who got them like a week in advance, they're really going to have to come back in a month or two. Because first of all, everybody who got the hardware, had to sit through uh, a magic show from Apple in a, a New York suite or a San Francisco or, or, a, or a Cupertino suite that really makes you, I'm gonna, we're going to play each one of these for you and you're going to listen to each one and find out which each one of them are. And it's not just, and it's not just preloading people with expectations like that, but also the idea that I'm sure that if, if uh, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have done this, but I'm sure that look, you got you you, you know that your your embargo lifts in five days, so you got to have stuff ready to go in five days. They probably set it down someplace, did all their listening, and then wrote up what they had. And I think part of it, particularly with the HomePod, is you got to move it around. You got it'll sound it's designed to sound really good no matter where you put it, but maybe in one spot in your house it's not going to sound as good as the google home max is going to sound uh and depending yeah. on what what music you have how you've tuned them so you really got to live with these things i think to before you can be before you can deliver a really high value opinion of how they are i think at, at this point i think that it really is you know the this they all sound really 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 great uh, one might sound substantively a little bit better than the others but it really comes down to what can you do with this and so i think that's what's going to make the decision for most people anyway. well it looks really nice at least i will it also say. looks it, looks it also nice. looks hella cool yeah it does it does it does look hella cool speaking of hella uh, cool yeah. i was um i i got to i got to make a note like a set a reminder to myself to just at once every 10 days or so, just set aside an hour to reopen every single Google app on my phone and just see if anything has changed without my being aware of it. Because I was using the I was using the camera app on my Pixel phone and noticed that the panorama feature now has like a million different modes to it that I had not noticed before. And I, I've always loved the panorama feature of uh, of uh, the Google camera app. It's does such a great job of if you don't have uh, you don't have the the Google camera if you don't have a Google phone. I love the fact that it's it was sort of augmented reality before there was augmented reality. It just superimposes these circles <laughs> in the viewfinder 
as you move the phone around and it's just asking you to please like keep moving the phone until the dot in the middle of the screen is inside each and every one of these of these circles that you we've superimposed for you uh and so and that's great so going from left to right but now there are additional modes that i've always kind of wanted like sometimes you don't want the landscape left to right sometimes you really want to get your the statue of liberty so you don't want a panorama of her feet and then the grass to the left and the grass to the right you really want to get the panorama vertical and so you kind of cheat the phone to doing it now i can simply say please do a a vertical panorama but the other cool thing is the ability to essentially mimic a super wide angle lens sometimes you want the left and right but you also want like the up and up and down like again you're you're in a you're in an art gallery or you're in like a really, really beautiful room that has a detailed ceiling and detailed floor and detailed walls. And you don't want to do a photosphere. You just want to have one picture of the entire thing. So you do want to sort of like paint the entire the entire view that you're looking at up and down, left and right. Uh, and as usual, it works just as well with uh, with as the uh, previous modes. I just I was trying to find out when these features actually came on board because I'm I try to be in the habit of every time that I hit the I, I do go to the app store. I do click on the my apps to look for what has been updated. And then I click to sort of reveal the list of features that have been added. I uh, never saw this. I wasn't aware that it had been updated. Uh, and I would have played so much and played so hard with it the day that it had come out because it was really one of those things that additionally made me happy that I bought this Pixel phone uh, back in uh, back in August because oh I get this feature and if I had bought like the Samsung phone I would not have this feature yay I I just want to say I appreciate when Google does this. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i wanted to say but i don't it's understand nice this. part of this is is used to be in photosphere right there's still this photosphere option you can still do the there's thing still, where you try and it's, capture a, it's yeah. a separate thing right yeah but this, this is, is like a separate little mini sort the, of version the, pan- of the panorama's purpose is to result to give you one jpeg one photo that you could you know print out or put on a billboard or whatever the photosphere is this thing where you would want augmented reality of some kind you'd want some sort of vr glasses uh or or goggles or whatever uh in order to make it work as I was trying to, and I was, uh, it's, I, I've, it feels like you know, this is like the week after uh, Valentine's Day. And it just made me think about how some couples say that, well, okay, you know, we could either, uh, we could either just have a big explosion where we give gifts and go out to dinner and like go, 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 uh, go and get a luxury like hotel for the day. And that's fine. But what we do is we show our love in little ways all year long. And so this once a year thing is not quite so important. It's, it's, it feels like that if you're an, if you're a phone owner, the relationship with Apple, Apple will give you a big blowout on Valentine's Day. It's one system update that has everything they're ever going to give you, every show of love and affection versus Google, which is, you know what? We may not have that one day in September where you're going to get this really cool transformative experience, but we will just... You know, for no re- for no reason except for we love you. We decided to give you extra panorama features this week, and isn't it nice to just have that surprise? I I had that just this week, Andy. That similar to you. Um, I have the Google Wi Fi. I've talked about it previously. I've talked about it. Um, mine had a particular bug where I'd pause a whole bunch of devices and not give them internet access, and they wouldn't pause. And I mentioned it on the show. I also tried to file like feedback about it, and they told me they were working on it, and now it works. 
I, I know it sounds stupid, but now <laughs> when I pause devices, they actually pause. And I went and had a look in the, it's really hard to find <laughs> release notes for the Google Wi-Fi because it's just one of those systems that keeps itself up to date. Um, it installs all its own updates. You don't really know when or, or how. Or I don't even know if there's a way to force it to do it. But anyway, all of a sudden it, it's working and it seems like an update just rolled out and and they fixed what, whatever the issue is. So that's that's kind of cool to get a bit of love for, for you know, doing the whole like I filed some feedback, the feedback got processed and my issue got fixed. It's kind of kind of interesting. I did what you asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> System works. Well, it's a, it's, it's a little like <laughs> if we're continuing the Valentine's Day theme, it's like your partner like backed into your car <laughs> pulling out of the driveway <laughs> and caused a big creased dent. And, oh, isn't it nice? The very next day he or she took my car in, had it fixed, st- sat there. Wait, I didn't have to do anything. And when it came back, it was fixed. But now... That was that was very nice, but I noticed that they never apologized for creasing the car in the first place. So it's nice. There should be like a, just a little note card with like one like Ghirardelli chocolate square saying, sorry, we screwed up. That's, that feature should have worked from the beginning. Just one Ghirardelli chocolate square, though. You need to put in a bag if you're going to say sorry. Not one bag, three bags. Because you know what? It's always buy two, get one free at Rite Aid. I, I, got, I, in fact, I, I have an I'm sorry that goes with this as well. Is I thought I'd be the kind of person, because I mentioned one of the reasons I really want this was to keep my kids off the internet at certain times. That works amazingly well. Yes. They now do their homework and get ready for school and all that stuff. Thumbs up. The other reason I wanted it is because my my air conditioner wanted access to the internet and I thought I was going to be disciplined enough to be like, no air conditioner, you can't get on the internet. No World of Warcraft for you, no. air conditioner, till you finish your heating and cooling yeah. for the day. Bad air conditioner. But, I, but I'm happy to report or sad to report actually that I'm one of those hypocrites that just let my air conditioner stay on the internet simply for the, the reason that I can turn it on and off remotely. And I know one day someone's going to hack that and they're going to do nasty things to my house that... I'm just, I'm in the I don't care camp. I just, I got used to the function and now I can't bring myself to turn it off. I just got a Nest thermostat and I'm the same. I'm like, we're never, nope, it's. (laughs) And then you know what happened? The internet went down yesterday and guess who couldn't turn on the heat? Even inside the house. I mean, you can, but like I didn't want to go upstairs. (laughs) I'm not going to go upstairs. I want to do it on my phone. No, I feel you. I literally, I'll sit on the couch and I can see the air conditioner controller. It's. Five meters, that's, I don't know, 20 feet? Is that how that works? Um, and I just, I'm like, no, I'll open the app. I'll go to the particular thing. I'll wait for it to reboot because the app is terrible. And then I'll press the button. And I'm like, yep, I did it. I, I did will it. wait for it to reboot before oh. I get my lazy butt out of the chair to get up and do it. Okay, yeah. this is why technology exists. This is why I have put it into my house. And this is why I've given up all of my privacy. <laughs> Guys, I, I can top this. I can make you feel better Uh-oh. about yourselves with my own personal story, okay? I I love using the assistant and just using apps to, you know, for for my hue lights and all, all every light mm-hmm. in my house is like is a hue light and the last appliance I turn off is just the lamp on my nightstand, which all I have to do is roll over slightly, reach over and <laughs> and, and and hit that yes. button to turn it off. And the number of times over the past, <laughs> over the past like couple of weeks, where I have rolled over and like actually leaned up in bed to reach past the lamp to get my phone, so that I could use the phone app to turn it off. Because otherwise, I don't want this to be mechanically turned off because I want to be able to turn it back on again remotely when I'm on the train home tomorrow or something like that. That seems odd. That doesn't seem like I'm using this technology to better my life in the way that. 
futurists thought the technology would be bettering our lives back in the 1930s. Why don't you just do what I do and make a shortcut in Google in the Google Home app and then have the shortcut be good night and then the command will be to turn off all the lights and then all the lights get turned off. So then the last thing you do when you go to bed is a positive interaction. And I do this because it's a positive interaction. I you know, I'm basically whispering in bed like, hey G. Good night. And it's like, and then everything gets, okay, turning off five lights. It's, it's, you know, it's very comforting to me to hear that before I go to bed at night. I like it. That's, that's like one of those life hacks. Cause I've been in the, I've been in the home app and it keeps saying you should set up your hue, hue lights in the home app. And I'm like, the hue app works all right, but I haven't thought of actually being able to hook up to the system. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I don't gosh. know why that doesn't make sense. I should have done that earlier. Fly, I'm going to do this this week. That's that's yes. a really good that's a really good idea. I should really set that up for that reason. But you but I, I think you and I might be on the same base. There's it was a feature of uh, the Google Home that I really wish it were smart enough to realize that okay, remember when it was 3 in the afternoon and I was cleaning the house and I wanted you to play David Bowie really loud for me. <laughs> that was great. I I asked you to play it really loud, but now it's 3 a.m. Yes. and I want to tell you to turn off the lights. And I'm afraid that as soon as you do that, you're going to shout, okay, Andy, all lights turned off. And then all of my neighbors in this beautiful <laughs> building that was built in 1911 before noise proofing was invented are going to say, oh, well, Gladys, it looks like Andy's <laughs> gone to bed at 3 a.m. again. And he's also and wanted us And wanted us to know. Doesn't he know That's you why you set Google. up night mode. You need to set up night mode in the Google Home app. Whoa, whoa! So, back, back it up. What the heck is night mode? Oh come on! Well, I feel, I feel so like, you... <laughs> I feel like you're like twenty something. Sorry, and I'm, I'm like seventy like, something. I didn't mean what, to. What I, I just totally no, pulled up. No, I mean you're right. Don't you guys know? <laughs> um, okay, so I really should just. I this needs anyway. to become a, a regular segment. Flo teaches the old people about how to use Google stuff um, properly. Well. Maybe. Uh, so my goodness, how do you get to it? I forgot. But what I'm going to do is put a little support document in our show notes so that you can get to it because I know Google has a support page for it. But basically, um, it's the ability to go into night mode. So what happens is it sets the Google oh, Home after it. So a you go to the device, then you go to device settings, and there's a thing that yeah, says enabled night mode, and it says reduce the volume of responses and decrease the brightness of mm-hmm. LEDs during specified times. And oh. if you turn this on. There you go. I see that now. Oh, you can actually set the times. Yep, yep. Wow. And so at okay. night, it doesn't blare. It like whispers. It's Flow. at like the lowest volume. So you can just like make sure that it did the command, but it's not like waking you up. You can just kind of hear it in your dreamy, your half dreamy state. Can, can I make one last request thing as I use the show to make all my requests? I, I, I think you two have both <laughs> highlighted something really important here that we've kind of like quickly glossed over. It would be amazing. I don't know if you've used the Amazon Echo Assistant, trying really hard not to say its name. When you ask it to do things, it just says okay, and that's perfectly okay. That's all I need to know. Just I heard you. I'm going to do what you say. The lights turn off. The Google Assistant is like, okay, I'm turning off this, this, and this light. I'm like, okay, I understand that you understand me, and you're very proud of the fact that you've understood me. But just just a simple okay is is fine. Did you know, Russell, that you can actually program it to say different things in response? Oh, you cannot. Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> How do you do that, Flo? You can. Uh, I will 
<laughs> I, we're not going to do this right no, now. Okay, but you can I, use no, no, IFTTT. We're, 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 we need to get to a commercial, but it's like you can use IFTTT. I, I, will, <laughs> I will never. Like, a, it's 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 wonderful to have a friend who. D- what writes about lots and lots of stuff, but but has a specialty. Give me away like free content here, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, no this this is this is a common human experience where like, the number of times like someone has complained about something to me said you realize that that's in the settings app that you can actually turn that feature off. <laughs> Well, and actually, I, and I, and I, but I, but I don't say it in the, as as condescendingly as that sounds. I don't mean to. I, I, I use the mode of speech with, oh well, actually, you know, I I and I usually preface it with, I had this problem too. I was ama- I was so glad when I found it in the settings app. Yeah, it's like, and so, yeah. so this week you'll definitely have to visit the show notes because I'm, I'm sure half of you are yelling at your whatever speaker or car or whatever this is playing out of. You go, I knew that, and the other half of you are like. What? I'm you with Andy and Russell. I no idea yeah. you could do either of those things. Hey next, guys, this is week, why I'm here. Next week, Flo <laughs> will Flo will teach me how to attach a picture to a text message on my flip phone. I'm learning all of this you so do you that. don't have to. I am learning how to game this system. It's called the uh, Bumblebee phone. It has big buttons that I can see without my glasses. <laughs> No. Listen, we're Just, all going to be there someday. No. And it's going to be fine. I refuse. I got and it through, I, an, ad, through have, an ad I, in Prevention Magazine. I've got the secret to staying young to, to both of you if in case you're interested. It's what you do is you make yourself a podcast, you get sponsors on your podcast, and then you do the ad reads and you're like, I feel so much younger now because now I am cool and hip because this episode of material is brought to you uh, with Linode. Uh, Linode give you uh, access to a a whole bunch of hosting options in the cloud uh, with prices starting at just $5 a month. You'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in just under a minute. So whether you're just getting started with your first server or you're deploying you know, a really complex set of systems like we actually did this week, uh, Linode is the right choice for you. They offer the fastest hardware the and network and fantastic customer support behind it all. And it's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud. Like I said, literally you go into an admin area, you click a bunch of buttons, you've got a server in the cloud. Uh, they guarantee 99.9% uptime for the availability and once your server is up, they'll work to keep it that way. Um, they offer additional storage too. So they now have this new thing called block storage that is now out of beta. Um, it's currently available in the Free, Fremont and Newark data centers uh, and it, it's coming to the other data centers soon as well. And um, Linode is great for tasks like things like hosting large databases, running mail servers, operating VPNs. I'm not going to mention anything there, Americans operating VPNs, <laughs> uh, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server and so much more. And Linode are hiring right now. So if that interests you, linode.com slash careers is the place to go. There's a double double whammy in this ad, ad read. So like I said, their plans start at just uh, $5 a month for one gigabyte of RAM. Uh, you can go all the way up to 16 gig if you really want to. And as a listener of the show, if you go to linode.com slash material, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you get $20 towards your first Linode plan. So if you're on the one gig plan, that's four months free. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Seven-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. So again, linode.com slash material. Uh, to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or you can use the promo code material2018 at checkout. We want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show. So I don't know if y'all were aware, but apparently there's a thing called Mobile World Congress that's happening overseas sometime this week uh, or something, (laughs) or at least from what I've seen across social media, there's definitely a lot of people on a flight to Barcelona right now. Um, Definitely maybe 
to go see the Samsung Galaxy S9, which seems to just be like details just seem to be spilling out as much as like what a Kardashian wore to the grocery store the other day. It's just like everywhere I look, there's another leak about the Samsung Galaxy S9, which brings me to my point. Is the Galaxy S9 the Kardashian of the smartphone world? Um, You know what? And I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a because, again, I'm a fan of the Kardashians. I'm saying full disclosure for everyone on the air to say I am saying this in the sense that the Galaxy S9 has some amazing mainstream appeal. Everybody knows about the fact that twice a year we've got these two big Samsung phones that are coming out. There are Samsung fans. Remember that cool video they did for the for the Note 8 where they interviewed their fans and they were so upset about the Note 7. Now the fans are going to have the Galaxy S9, which a bunch of stuff apparently has already been leaked about it so i mean what would be really bad though flo is if they leak some kind of 3d renderings of it that you could actually like you know put on a website and go all the way around this new phone that would be terrible awful what would also be awful is if they leaked uh oh i don't know the packaging with (laughs) with a bullet list of specifications like this this is um it really is amazing it's like with with apple leaks anything i I do realize that their big launch event is going to be the day before mobile world congress sunday like just like a less than half a week away as we're recording Mm -hmm. this so this is the time where it's this would be the time like even in an iphone launch you would think so many people have to know details about this to three days before the launch event that it's it's impossible for absolutely everything to be kept under wraps but even back in January, they had photos of like finished articles of the S9 and the S9 Plus. Uh, somebody yeah. somebody got a photo of the packaging that had a bullet list of all the features <laughs> in it. So, oh, okay, so I guess there are going to be stereo speakers on this one. Oh, okay, I guess there's going to be some sort of super, super, super slow-mo feature. And And a super speed dual pixel 12 megapixel OIS (laughs) camera with f.15 slash f2.4. F1.5, I meant to say. And here I am just, Um, I'm just getting excited because on on a website where they got these AR models, they rotated and there's still a headphone jack. I'm just unreasonably excited about that. There's still a big manufacturer leaving that on their phones. And there's still a uh, fingerprint scanner on the back, and the way that the two the two camera lenses are aligned are stacked one on top of the other, and then on the very bottom is the fingerprint sensor. Thank so goodness. it falls at sort of that <laughs> midline where you would see it on the Pixels or on Huawei phones. Um, so just it's just a small variance from the S8, pretty much the same thing. I also saw a lot of stuff getting um, leaked about the accessories, like the new desktop apparently maybe i actually don't know if that's been i mean obviously all this stuff is going to be uh validated in a couple of days <laughs> um it's and i can wait and yeah. by the way if you want to watch along the event starts at noon eastern time on sunday that's eastern time for you new york city adjacent folks um who are listening in so i mean part, i guess part. i one 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 of the one of the the luxuries of the person who gets to write the to to write the show notes is that I get to translate everything into Eastern time, so I'll remember it. So it's yes. okay. I I know how everybody thinks about us Californians. Yes. I know we get up on our own time grid. Um, 
What yeah, are you going to say? Like, we take it easy. And, uh, hyster- <laughs> and hysterically funny. So uh, earlier, uh, Samsung la- launched, uh, they they usually, before the event, they launch an unpacked app. It's the, the events are always called unpacked. And so, and so they, everybody who's everybody who's going to be there at the at the event on Sunday, make sure that you uh, download and install the Unpacked app and have it on your phone when you attend. And so, somebody uh, on Reddit decided to tear that package apart, and they found a at some there's found a feature an unlock a locked feature that will not has not been unlocked in the app yet but he was able to sort of unlock it himself and found that part of the app creates an a 3d augmented reality version of the phone in your hand of, of the of new galaxy phone and it it's not in the app itself it, con- it connects to a samsung server to download the 3d model but of course they were able to go to the server and download that 3d model and so now of course xda devs has images of the augmented reality thing working so they were able to basically turn it all the way over and around in their hands and document what the entire thing looks like and now now maybe if if they had gone ahead if samsung had gone ahead and said you know this is just a, a consumer product this is not uh, this is not anything important it's okay we're of course we're going to explain in great detail why we came to these decisions and what all these features are but it doesn't matter to us that people know ahead of time that it, this is not going to look an amazingly different from the s8 doesn't matter to us if if people we haven't explained to them why it has a, a, a mixed aperture lens doesn't matter to us it's okay the world will not end now knowing samsung it's probably because they didn't they don't they're not really good at integrating all that attention to detail to make sure that they get all their stuff together they don't have to they have no competition this year yeah. There's no competition MWC. LG's not launching anything. HTC's not launching anything. Huawei's not launching anything. Motorola. Um, Motorola's not launching anything. Maybe oh, Sony. Don't forget Sony. Oh, sorry. But I don't want to laugh listen, at you, Sony it's fans, not, but it's, sorry. No, it's... It, it, everybody knows why Sony doesn't do big <laughs> splashes anymore. It hasn't for the last couple of years. It's just not really a priority for them. Um, there's no competition for them. I have to say, though, this is the first year that I am just not super... I'm just not really... Uh, I, I feel like I can wait a couple hours after the <laughs> event to find out what was announced and what was said because I am so, and I said this on all about Android. So I know that this is like kind of a repeat for me and I kind of been saying it around circles, but I just feel really, really satisfied with the pixel two and with the experience that I have through Google. And I think that's kind of the first time since the Nexus devices that I've ever really like felt that way. And I think because of that, I feel so, I completely understand now what it's like to be an Apple user. No, and I mean this in all, listen, I mean this in all sincerity, because the reason that Apple iPhones have worked so darn well with everybody is because people get the phone and they go, this is exactly what I need. This is perfect. It's got exactly everything I need on here. It looks really cute. I can buy a bunch of cases for it. And um, and it takes really good pictures and video. And that's exactly how I feel about the Pixel 2. It looks really good. I could buy a bunch of cases for it. It's 
really damn good camera. I mean, just one of the best I've ever had. And I really like its photos much more than Samsung's. There's some sort of like, there's a sort of soft focus quality about some of the Samsung yeah. JPEGs that I don't really, that doesn't Especially the really front-facing like, camera does that a lot. Yeah, I'm just not like, and I know that some of that's like with the blur algorithm for the little blurring effect, <laughs> but like the... The Pixel 2 and the improvements I've seen on the camera since it's come out and with the software updates, uh, like I'm so pleased. And with like this new feature about uh, the digital zoom and how it's uh, how it's actually like piecing all that stuff together. Like to me, that just speaks exactly to what I want. It's just an easy bare like easy phone, jump in, all my stuff came over here. I've got the same setup on here since the Nexus 6P because everything has just been uh, getting uh, moved over phone to phone because everything has been backed up properly. And so I totally get now what it's like to be an iPhone user. And I feel so satisfied with the Google Pixel experience that I'm just kind of like, I can I can totally wait until next year or whatever, the end of this year to get the next phone. Like, I'm totally fine. And I'm only doing that because because I write about this stuff and I kind of, you know, I need to be on it. Like if I were just a regular person, I'd be fine with this for the next. If I were just a regular person. If I were not a journalist, you're covered <laughs> I wasn't this. a superhero. I'd be all right with this phone uh, for two years. I'm not a superhero, but <laughs> that's just that's just where I'm at with the Galaxy S9 stuff. I just am kind of like Samsung great, but I'm so – I'm going to see where this thing's going to be in three years. Yeah. Three, I, give I, this three years. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to agree with you. Uh, and I'm one generation of Pixel phone behind you. And even now, it's like I, I can't I'm using a I'm using a phone that I don't really miss anything about new phones about. I would I would certainly love to have the Pixel 2, but not enough that I would want to put aside 700 bucks to make sure that I could buy one. Not even the uh, Pixel 3 necessarily uh, later on this year. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. uh Maybe it's the maybe it's partly a sign of how sophisticated Google has become about putting one of Bingo. these things together that they don't there is no point of annoyance for me where I really wish they would solve this problem. Only that, oh, there's an opportunity now for me to get a better version of this, like a better camera, or oh, maybe at some point they will have uh some scaled down version maybe of project tango and their stock pixel phones just to give it a give it a a 3d sense of awareness and that might be interesting if they back it up with good system software and good apps but there is just nothing i don't like the the one pain point that i had with my nexus uh and he's speaking as someone who didn't have the didn't have the boot loop problem on his nexus 5x uh was that i just want more storage and that's where well that's because i got i got the again this was a refurb that i got like several months after the launch and so for half the cost of a brand new 64 gigabyte pixel one i got the 128 gigabyte model and that really has changed my mind about if i have to wait an extra two months and save up a little bit more pocket money to get the max version of of storage on this thing but yeah i I can't i don't think uh i uh, as someone who gets to try out every single phone particularly every single new iphone there's always something between the this year's uh this year's iphone and last year's iphone that really makes me think that oh god it really i really uh if i had bought last year's phone i didn't get to have this feature boy would i miss out on that and it really has not happened with this phone. This is this is still if if this is still like a brand new phone to me. 
And Samsung has never really turned my head, not for a number of years. They've, they've never made nicer phones. But now that, now that Google has uh, all the advantages of the, uh, of the Nexus without the, well, we found a way to get the price down, get the price down below $500. And all the, it's like a death by a thousand cuts where we've saved $2 on this chip and we saved three dollars on this uh kind of case and i'm kind of okay with spending seven hundred dollars just make me an iphone like phone uh and i if there's one thing that uh, that's consistently bad about samsung is that they just don't get those fine points together really really it looks beautiful as a static object the the wonderful features in sunday's demo I'm going to be a little bit jaded and expect when I when it comes time to test them out I'm not going to expect them to really pay off when I have them in my hands uh and also software so, updates also software updates Sorry to and interrupt but the yeah. software update no, with yeah. the carrier is just that the, the carrier thing has been I'm 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 blathering on, but what I, all I mean all I mean to say is that clearly it's I'm the best feature for me about the Pixel is that now when people ask me what kind of Android phone should I buy, it always starts off with your default choice is the Pixel. Give me, unless you can come up with a really great reason why you don't want to get a Pixel phone, then get the Pixel. Then come back to me and we'll talk about HTC and we'll talk about all these other models. But no no no, really, no. come back and we'll tell you Moto X four. That's what we'll tell you because oh, that's what we tell everybody now. <laughs> if you only want to pay 400 bucks is the Moto X4. Well, that seems to be the popular um, the popular advice to throw. Uh, before we throw a little more advice uh, over on Android P, I feel like we should probably get to our last oh, ad of the a, show. Oh, just one, 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 one last button. Just that. Yes. Uh, I, and I, I've, I've spent the last two or three days saying, okay, well, obviously, when we talk about Mobile World Congress, we'll be talking mostly about the Samsung Galaxy S9 because, gosh, we know so much about it. But again, after that, let's talk about all the other rumors of things that are coming out. And I haven't heard anything. And it just I'm scrubbing every single forum for news and rumors. And again, Sony has Sony has declared that they're going to have a press event. So maybe we're going to see some new Xperia phones. But uh, if I have any information from lg or anybody else is that no we're not going to be doing anything <laughs> we're not planning anything for mobile world congress and i remember a time when i would at least be a little bit sorry that i didn't travel to mobile world congress i think the last time i went was the first year after the ipad when i knew that everybody was going to try to have some sort of an android tablet or a blackberry tablet to show and so wow that's going to be really wonderful so it's an exciting reason to go to mobile world congress outside of paella and ham uh, but now it's like if I were to go this year, it would be because I want more. I want more of that sangria, more of that paella, more of that ham. I will use Mobile World Congress as an excuse to get it. So there's nothing. I'm I'm not excited about Mobile World Congress. I wish they, I wish I wish I were, but it's like okay, we got it. Now let's make some money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this episode is brought to you by Pingdom. You're more familiar with Pingdom than you might think because Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite sites online. Squarespace, BuzzFeed, Netflix, 
Imgur, Imgur, I never know how to say that. If you've used any of those sites recently and not run in any trouble, well, you probably have Pingdom to thank for that. Websites are pretty sophisticated now and they have so many different moving parts, even our old little podcast website. You've got contact forms, e-commerce checkouts, logins, search functionality, and loads more. Pingdom lets you check the availability, availability of all these functions. Pingdom isn't just about getting a message when your entire site goes down, they care about the important interactions people have on your site too. And they'll let you know if they're not working. It's so easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor and they will take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code material, that's our show, at checkout to get a massive 30% off massive 30% off your first invoice. All right, thanks to Pingdom so much for supporting Material Podcast and Relay FM. Yay! Kermit, yay! Speaking of things we're looking forward to, right, there's there's Mobile World Conference, a Congress. I keep saying I want to say conference, but it's not conference. Um, there's obviously Google I.O. and we know what normally happens, or at least I do as a developer, normally happens before Google I.O. is the next version of Android tends to drop. So that's a new thing that Google do now. They're like, here's the preview version of, you know, last year it was Android O, before that it was LMNOPQ, you know what I mean? N, I guess, and <laughs> M was before that. And now there's a, there's a whole bunch of news because obviously Android is an open source project. Some of this stuff, you know, you can see checked into various repositories and things like that. So there was a whole bunch of news this week about Android P, the next version of Android, um, blocking Ping. background apps from using things like your camera and your microphone. Now, if you don't follow Android super closely and you're not a developer, you might be thinking like, what? Like an app that I don't have open can actually access my camera and microphone? It's... It's, it is both as bad as you think and not as bad as you think since since Android 6. So this was quite a few versions Please of Android. Please explain again. it. Uh, uh, <laughs> let, me just, let me walk you through a bit of Android history. So Android, Android P will be Android 9, right? So in Android 6, they introduced a thing where it used to be on Android when you installed an app, it would just pop up a thing and it says, hey, I'd like the following list of 25 permissions. Is that okay? And at install time, you could say, mm, no, or yeah, okay, whatever, like have the permissions. Um, in Android 6, they, they made it, I guess, a little bit more iOS-like and a little bit more sort of uh, user-friendly that for specific permissions that were deemed, you know, sort of it, worrisome enough or things that the user should okay, so things like your microphone, your camera, you actually got a specific pop-up um, while you're using the app and says, hey, like Instagram wants to use your photos. And you're like, well, that makes sense. Instagram needs to take pictures. Like, yes. Or like, hey, this flashlight app that you want to use wants to use your microphone. You'd be like... It's a flashlight app, like no, 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 no <laughs> microphone. So that that's always been there since since Android six. Oreo, I guess, made that even more explicit when you could say yes, Instagram got access to my pictures. Like, yep, no worries. But if Instagram happens to decide that it wants to run in the background for whatever reason, then you get a little notification that says, hey, Instagram's using a battery, and it it didn't always specifically tell you what it was doing. It would just it would be one of those things. It was a way of shaming developers into like, hey, don't. Don't just it just randomly. stays in the notification shade yeah, and you like, just stare at it. Don't just randomly be there. Like you have to have a reason for opening. And it seems like in Android P things are going to get even better. So there's some permissions which even if the user says, yep, you can access my microphone whenever you want, that if you try and do it while you background it without some kind of explicit sort of user interaction. So I'm not talking about if you go into an audio recorded app, you press record and you press home button, like that's fine. I'm talking about if your audio recording app of choice just suddenly decides at 5 a.m. that it wants to start recording you, like that's <laughs> no longer going to be allowed, which I think is tremendous. I mean, it is a little bit concerning that we're only getting it in Android version 9, but... It is, it is a good thing to have. So I don't know what you two think. Did, for example, did you two know that this was a thing that, that apps could even do? 
Yes, Floating. because you finger up. those smart bulbs that I've got in the house, the LifeX smart bulbs. So uh, I was using yep. them to do a little like disco dance party uh, at my house, and we were like listening to music. And I'm like, "Look at us, we're having fun. Let me take some Instagram stories." Guess what? You can't take Instagram stories when your mic is also listening to the music so that it can control the lights. So there's all these little apps, um, like there's all these little reasons that apps will need these sort of permissions. And so an app uh, like Instagram, or excuse me, an app like LifeX, what it was doing is it had the microphone on in the background, even when I turned off the phone and we didn't have any music on, but I hadn't turned off the functionality in the app. And so it like was killing my battery and I had, had to go in and stop it. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not just that, but there are uh, clever ways an app can use the microphone, and clever and nefarious ways it can use the microphone. Uh, like uh, there's a lot of malware that will say, "Well, oh, damn it, I can't, I can't, I can't infect another machine because the, this user has turned off the Wi-Fi and disconnected me from the network." It can actually there's there's malware that uses audio that you can't hear mm -hmm. to basically talk and listen and basically have uh, create connections between other instances of this malware. Uh, and so and it's also used by some hardware. Uh, I can't name any right now, but I know that there's some hardware that will do that for auto configuration. But the yeah, other the Chrome, the Chromecast other, and other bits of hardware does that. That's how it finds. Right. Thank that's you. one of the ways I should say it finds Chromecast that are, that are around you. And, uh, and another pro well, problem is that there are some like marketing features of certain apps that will actually be activating the microphone to hear what you're watching on TV so it can identify that, oh, this person is watching this show right now. So let's log that and let's add that to our profile. And okay, this person has just changed the channel to this. Let's log that and add this profile. So it's uh, there's a good reason why the Google, uh, the Google Home Max uh, has a, a hardware mute microphone switch on it. That's a really good peace of mind feature. I like the fact that there is something that has God power over an app's ability to <laughs> access the camera yeah. microphone that can simply say, I don't have to worry about why, why is this, why is this ripoff of Super Mario Land? Why does it want the microphone? As a no, it's because it's gonna, it's trying to collect marketing information about you. But if you can, if it's, if the, the system is warning you that, Hey, why is this using the microphone? Well, just tell it not to use the microphone. You can just play your free version of Mario Land. <laughs> and I have seen the, the other reason we bring this article up is I have seen quite a bit of, um, I don't know what to call it, like angst on, or like hyperbole or like excitement on the other side of the fence that people are pointing the finger and they're saying angst, like... hyperbole, excitement. Yeah, I just I just drew a whole timeline yeah. of, of things you yeah. can go across. <laughs> I've seen people <laughs> pointing the finger and be like, ah, Android's already getting this with nine, stupid Android, like that's so funny. But the, the thing is like it, it's been really interesting to watch these two, I guess the, if you talk about the dominant mobile OSs of today, like WebOS, uh, Microsoft, whatever Windows Mobile was called, they, they've all kind of fallen to the wayside. So, sorry, WebOS fans. Sorry, Microsoft fans. Like <laughs> the two OSs that were left were iOS and Android. And they came from two completely different spots. Like iOS started off with nothing runs in the background, absolutely nothing. Like you can launch one app at a time. And in version one, there wasn't even apps. It's like forget about even buying apps from the store. Like it's only apps that we give you. And Android started as the complete opposite. It's like this is more like a desktop operating system. Like you can we're install open. a whole bunch of things. Yeah, it's open. You can. You don't want to install it from my store? Fine. Go and download it from 
you know, Fred blogs his website or Harriet's like whatever like store. You can just get it there like instead. And my favorite version of Android is Harriet's. <laughs> exactly. People used to <laughs> people used to go crazy with the custom ROMs and the modifications, and that's still a, a little bit of a thing. But a lot of that's like died away. And I find it interesting that the two have slowly sort of migrated to almost exactly the same place. Like now on iOS, apps can wake up in the background. They could do a whole bunch of things like, you know, with within sort of iOS restrictions. And now on Android, it's it's very similar. Apps can are now super restricted as to how they can wake up in the background and the things they can do. And it's it, it's funny to, to point the finger and laugh. Like that that's always like hilarious if you're on the other side of the fence and you're like, look at you guys, we've had that for years. And Android people do that to iOS people all the time as well. Like we've had that for years. But if you follow it, like they are almost at exactly the same place. Like especially as a developer, now I look at the restrictions of what apps can do on Android and what apps can do on iOS. It's it's starting to become, yeah, very, very, very similar. Like there's still slightly more things you can do on Android, which I actually, I prefer that model as a user. You get slightly more flexibility, but they're not that far removed. Like they're, they're almost at the same place now. Mm. Philosophically, both of the both iOS and Android started from opposite extremes, so they could only mm-hmm. get closer to each other. With Android saying there are no restrictions, do whatever you want, and then year after year, they said actually that's a really bad idea to let people access the keyboard. Let's lock down the keyboard to let's. It's a really bad idea to let people sideload apps really easily. Let's lock that down to Apple saying cut and paste <laughs> that sounds super risky we're not going to let people do that R- compile their own apps oh i i mean i i would love that i just i'm just not comfortable letting so after you start out with a phone that's completely locked down and then they're s- slowly getting used to the idea of maybe it would be nice to be able to use two apps together in combination as in to take an address from one app and give it to another app to do something handy with. Or watch YouTube TV in the corner while I'm in Animal Crossing. Hey, because I can do that on Android. I love being an Android user so much. I just realized there's part of my brain that's not overstimulated. I must fix this. I I, I admit that I am part of the problem in society uh, with, with regards to phone usage. But I have to say, Google doesn't make it hard either. Um, <laughs> Android doesn't make it hard to do all of those terrible things that keep me very, very distracted. Um, so really, I plead with all the millennials out there that if you are on an iPhone, you're doing it wrong because the real way to multitask and distract yourself from everything going on in life is to use an Android phone, which lets you do two things at once. Yeah, <laughs> there's still some things you can do on Android phone that you can't do on iOS. Like, for example, Android's embraced the split screeny thing, whereas iOS is like, mm-hmm. that's only for large tablets. Like, we don't want you doing that on the phone. To it be turns fair, out, it is a little finicky. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, for the times that you need it, it's like, yes. And the things like, you know, like Google Maps does that picture-in-picture picture thing where you can have uh-huh. the actual map down the bottom while you're walking around. While like you're texting some, your friend. Exactly. I you're can't texting, find you're walking. You across you're, the yeah. I'm looking on the map. And you might think, oh, that's stupid. But it's the times you need it, it's super handy. Whereas iOS is like you can do that with video, but you can't do that with anything else because video is the only yeah. thing you should be picturing-in-picturing. And that's just one of those Apple things where like everything starts off super restrictive. And I think... For a while, that was tablet only. It might still be tablet only. Someone can correct me whether you can do picture in picture on a on a phone on iOS. Yeah, it's just it's just those small differences that are the reasons I still prefer Android like to this day because they tend to come down on the slightly more slightly less sort of restrictive side, I guess, than than Apple does. Yeah, a friend of mine and I were talking about this just today that. Uh, 
I think that there's a lot more modernity and panache in material design than in iOS. But on the flip side, so we're talking about, isn't it great to have that floating circle button with a plus sign that says, here's the next thing, here's to do the thing that you probably open this app to do. And here is picture in picture, not just for video, but hey, if the, if the map if the map app is in the background, it doesn't need to show you the map in the little picture in picture. It'll just show you an arrow to the left and then six miles to let you know that while you're reading this book, realize that you're going to, that your dri- the driver you're giving directions to is going to need to turn left in six miles all this really incredible, what I consider next level stuff, but Apple's ability to twist developers' arms to make them suffer if they don't support and integrate all this cool new stuff. They just passed an edict saying that if your app does not natively support uh, the ears in the iPhone 10, uh, then we will not accept you for the app store anymore. So it's no longer an option. Uh, So if, Apple once said that, look, if you're doing picture in picture for video, you're going to have to support it for this thing too, or we're not going to, we're no, we're going to make your app look like crap if it doesn't support material design. Like if Google had that sort of attitude saying, oh, okay, if you don't want, if you don't want to support this wonderful thing, we spent so much time on, and then we made so many videos at Google IO explaining how to do it. Well, this, I mean, uh, we feel as though as a service to the users, we're going to have to render your app in black and white, actually a sickly green and a lighter shade of sickly green, just to warn people that they're using an app that uses the 2017 APIs and not the 2018 APIs. (laughs) But but that's what Apple does. And that's why that's why when they have iOS 11. So many apps are going to feature it. I love split screen on my Pixel, but it's like I can count on on split screen working with two Google apps. But when it's something just as simple as I've called a, I've called an Uber, it's going to be 15 minutes uh, to come here. I'm just sitting here on a bench, like at the train station, waiting for to come, reading a book. I just want to be able to split that so I can just see the time, keep my eye on where it is. Sorry, this app does not support split screen. Saying. Google, make, get, put the put them through pain. Make them hurt. <laughs> make them very, very sad for themselves. Make them feel like they're at the that the idle whims of an Old Testament God if they don't support split screen. Oh, Andy, Andy, as a developer, I have many conflicted feelings about this. I, I can't tell you how conflicted I am. Because, <laughs> well, you're, you're one of the good people. I know, but but as a user, I love that. Right, I, I do actually love that Apple cracks the whip far harder because you can you can rely on a lot of your apps getting Grab the that whip. <laughs> They they do tend to push developers harder, and but I tell you what, as a developer who used to do client work, so in the distant past we used to used to do a whole bunch of client work, and then Apple comes down and they'd be like, "This app that you built that is perfectly fine doesn't run anymore. Like you can either fix it or you can get the hell out of our store." And you're like, "Thanks, I guess." Like as as yeah, as someone who used to do client work, fix it or get out of our store. I know, like anyone who's who's done client work in the past, they know that's a huge burden to sort of keep that up to date and you have to start factoring that into all your pricing and everything else but as a user of the platform i i gotta say my guilty pleasure is i do kind of prefer when the actual platform owner cracks the whip a a little bit and and pushes developers along but i don't know it's like one of those things as a developer i I kind of like the google approach because you don't always have to do as much work like it's it's nicer Yes, yes, it's nice. You know, Android's nice. It's nice being here. It's nice being in this world, even though not all things are (laughs) made the same or look the same or work the same or have even been updated in years. I mean, (laughs) for up to me, Google will just kick out every app that's over like seven years old. Why are you still in the App Store? Actually, actually, you know, that... 
it would be it would be hideous the amount of crap they would get for this. But what if Google were to, without telling anybody, just simply empty out the entire app store, the Google Play app store, where there are no apps in there? Like but that annoying friend who who dumps everybody on Twitter like once a year. This, and- is, this is where my income comes from. I just just want to say, no, no, hey, no, like this, that, let's not get that, crazy. Like, because because your app, your your app is like being maintained, you would notice that in like twenty minutes. And you would simply Google what the hell, and there's just a bot at the other end of that email line that would automatically restore your app because okay, there is somebody the per- one of the developers noticed it was missing and asked for it to be- and uh, cares enough about it to write a five second email to to get it restored. Good. Like how many apps would be left if only the ones that if the developers noticed or cared that the thing had been removed from the app store were able to get this thing reinstated. <laughs> Maybe a slightly less dystopian version of that. I can see where you're going. Is that if it hasn't I'd been be updated for a very good dictator? For, I you would know, be so good. It might take at least five <laughs> years before my head to be on a pike outside the gates of the city. Only five years, huh? Yeah, chalk that one up. So, yes, maybe some version of that where it's like if it hasn't been updated in X amount of years and doesn't support these really critical um, APIs that we're pushing that are good for battery life, that are good for a whole bunch of other things, that maybe there is a a chance, uh, sorry, a case for that to be like, you know, within six, you've got six months. If you don't update it with six months, we're going to boot you out of the store. I'd actually be perfectly comfortable with that. And And I know there'd be a few cases where you have some app that hasn't been updated in four years that you really rely on. But I feel like giving the developers that little bit of a prod will mean that most of them will actually fix their stuff. That that could turn into to a good thing after all the kerfuffle sort of settles down. Yeah, or maybe get people who are running still running gingerbread on really, really old phones that they can't afford to replace. Okay, it's not a perfect plan, but it's an interesting idea. You know, some of us just like the nostalgia of living in the old days. I don't know what to tell you, all right? Just <laughs> leave. You can pry my honeycomb tablet out of my hands. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've missed the days <laughs> that my phone had that option, the menu button, and you press the menu button and you'd never know what was going to oh, happen because yes, there was no indication button. whatsoever. You just mashed that button just to see if there was it's things true. behind it. It was, it's true. it was good times. Well, let me let me show you something before we, before we go because this is this has come up. Let me show you we will something describe I, it for you. Dear I will listener. describe it for you. <laughs> I am I am holding in my hand the last phone I had before uh, multi touch smartphones. The last phone I used uh, before the iPhone, and this is the QTech uh, thirty one something. It is the it was called the Star Trek phone, ran Windows phone, but it looked like Q-tech. a Star Trek communicator. And you still got the screen protector on it. That, that's impressive. Well, I, I kept peeling it off and putting it back on again. But yeah, <laughs> and but, but you know, I found it, and it didn't go into the box, the huge box of old phones that have have that I've been accumulating since I've been cleaning stuff out. This went into the. I'm putting this in my pocket. Thank goodness I put it away with a charging cable because I'm going to want to see to try to fire it up. It's like an all metal case. It's very very thin. It could probably fit in the watch pocket of my jeans. It was the old fashioned days of Windows Phone where when you had a clamshell phone, uh, uh, the it had like an actual uh, uh, exterior tiny little poster stamp screen so you could find out who just text messaged you. And as soon as you flipped it open, it would wake up and start doing stuff. And you could answer a phone by opening it. You could you could hang up by saying, I said good day, sir. By snapping I it closed. I said good day. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, and and also because and also I wanted to charge it because this probably still has like the last photos I took in like 2006 and the address book Relics. of people exactly, and I would love it if 
uh, this I know this is an unlocked phone. Uh, one of the reasons why I bought it was because it, I could buy it unlocked, which is a hugely unusual thing back in 2006. But uh, I hope I hope I can put my SIM card. I, it's a nano SIM, so I'd have to put it into a, a into a carrier. Mm. But I would love to occasionally, like if I'm if I'm at if I'm going out to the movies, I know that I it's, it, I will not listen to my better angels and i might get distracted by twitter or whatever i will just simply take like the stripped down flip phone that i still love and i hope it still works I, I i couldn't get it to charge up so i'm actually this is how dumb i am i'm gonna have i'm going to go to ebay and like buy a replacement battery to see if that solves the problem. i did that no no no. <laughs> i did that too for our bonus episode last year i bought i oh, bought yeah. a bunch of batteries that was Andy dropping the phone onto his no, microphone. No. Luckily, it's pretty it's pretty sturdy in that flip case. That's yeah. not smashing. Um, I just I just want to note that if you type in QTEK uh, Q T E K into Googs, you will get an HTC card on the search results page. Oh yeah, I think I think I think this was a brand a sub brand of HTC. I was it doing makes a lot sense of Googling if it was Windows this. Phone because yeah. HTC was doing Windows phones at that time. Just don't go to qtech.com unless you're interested in cleaning consumables and screen rolls, whatever they are. (laughs) Cleaning consumables, SMT screw. I think this is a good time to probably put a pin in the podcast today. Now that we're talking about Uh, the phones we're using in 2006, yes, this could could give us our six-hour-long podcast. This is maybe the podcast that, that maybe that should be our next the, the next time we do a bonus episode. <laughs> oh, maybe no. we should try to start a record of doing a three hour podcast. Not even it's just going to be. Russell will hours. leave like halfway through it, and that'll just like be like the shtick of the podcast. It's just me and Andy are still still talking. I'll come Russell back the next morning to work. Six hours and like, still be open. We are oh still, still talking. talking. What no, that's that's an even better idea. We will try to make the podcast that never ends. Where it's not the three of us, it's just like we just I'm just gonna talk, talk, talk. And when we'll I feel like okay, I've been talking for a half hour, I've run out of things to say, I tag out and basically I text message one of you that now it's Flo's <laughs> turn. Flo talks as long as she can before she tags out to Russell, and then we keep round robbing and robbing it to see if we can get at least to like six or six hours. I like give, this give idea. Me hour, I don't know if I have the extra hour between the, uh, shots to like Google stuff. And, yeah, Do- download some public domain books. I think again, all this, all this can be yours. You know, this is a way of promoting you know memberships. <laughs> if you go to relay.fm/slash/material, you might have the opportunity to hear a very special six-hour-long version of this podcast. Six hours. <laughs> Six hours of things that we'd like to plug. Um, I think we're going to first start with uh, Russell. You got anything that you would like to plug to leave with the with the dear listeners? I'd like to plug our show for a change. So relay.fm slash material is where you can sign up for these memberships. And also, if you don't want to see the six-hour show, if you're like, oh, that's the worst idea ever, you can give us money and then we'll pay more attention to you once you've done that. It'll be like, you know what? Your opinion value is just valued just that little teensy bit more. So relay.fm. Slash material is my plug and for this Andy? week. Oh, perfect plug, Russell. Perfect plug. And Andy, you got anything you'd like to plug this week? Uh, just that uh, I did another tech show at uh, WGBH, Boston Public Radio, today. So if you go to WGBH.org, you can hear me talk for about a half an hour about Facebook being naughty and Russians being naughty uh, and this cool router that has uh, augmented reality features that... I'm telling myself that I can't really write about this. 
I'm going to, I, it would be wrong for me to contact this company and say, please send me this free. And when I say router, I mean like a woodworking router, like actually cutting shapes out of wood router that you just look it's, it's really really quite awesome anyway so if you want to hear me talk about that uh go to wgbh.org uh and uh, go to uh, boston public radio and you'll be able to hear that show i was gonna say i don't know if i'm quite interested in what d-link has in store uh for vintage <laughs> reality especially um, sitting at the top of my cupboard but you know uh well if you want to follow me you can follow me on the internet um i'm on instagram snapchat and twitter at oh that flow and just so you know some of the how-tos that we were talking about today i'm actually publishing some of those at review.com very soon so stay stay tuned and actually if you're curious about getting started with the google home and ifttt you can go to review.com i have a how-to up there um there is also i also just posted. What did I also just post? Uh, shoot, I completely forgot the article that I just wrote. Um, I wrote another article there too about the Google Home. <laughs> so go check it out <laughs> at review.com. Oh yes, it's uh, the things things the Google Home can do that Alexa can't. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Um, until next week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you next week where we will muse, when we will muse more about the Google and the days of our lives.